Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello and thanks for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday the 19th of July. First up, we've been hearing how families are being forced to move town as the supply of homes to rent in the county continues to shrink. Analysis by Kent Online reveals how the number of houses available for less than £1,000 a month has almost halved in the space of a year, from 45 to just 26. Estate agents say while demand in the market is growing, many landlords are deciding to sell up as buy-to-let investments are now less attractive. Meanwhile, the average cost of renting a house in Kent has risen from £1,355 to £1,418, according to property website home.co.uk. A single mum's been sharing her story to show the extent of the problem. Kate's been taking a look for the podcast. Well, we've been chatting to 38-year-old Vicky Wells, who lives with her three children in a three-bedroom house in Canterbury. She says she was forced out of her hometown of Faversham after selling her marital home last year following a divorce. Vicky, who works for Kent County Council, knew she wouldn't be able to afford a mortgage, so she started looking on the rental market, but after four months of searching, she was unable to find a property. She wanted to stay in the town as her children go to school there and says her whole life is in Faversham. Miss Wells eventually moved into a house in Canterbury, but now has a long school run journey and spends £1,400 a month on rent. Despite earning a decent wage, she says the family is struggling to make ends meet. Several other people reached out to Kent online to tell us about their experiences. One 25-year-old woman says she and her partner, who are in their 30s, are being forced to live with her parents because they can't afford rental prices, despite both being in full-time employment. Others have said there's now no such thing as affordable housing. Elsewhere, high interest rates are also causing pushing up costs for first-time buyers and people who need to renew their mortgage. Well, there could be a bit of good news in that regard, as figures show a drop in inflation last month. It fell from 8.7% in May to 7.9% in June, with fuel prices going down and food costs rising more slowly. That could influence the Bank of England's decision, meaning interest rates might not go up by as much as expected. But Chancellor Jeremy Hunt says there's still a long way to go. It's obviously welcome news that inflation has fallen uh, and it shows that if the government and the Bank of England are prepared to take difficult decisions, we can win the battle against inflation. But nonetheless, for families up and down the country, prices are still rising much too fast. There's a long way to go. If we look at inflation at 3% in the US, 5.5% in the Eurozone, you can see that if we stick to the plan, we can bring down inflation. And that's what this government is utterly determined to do. We can see that the prices charged by producers are coming down, what are called factory gate prices, and we want to make sure that supermarkets and other retailers are passing those on to families as quickly as possible because people are feeling a lot of pressure. And if you combine that with what the Bank of England are doing, uh, with uh, monetary policy, what the government is doing in terms of being responsible with public finances, you can see that we will be successful in bringing down inflation. That's starting to happen. There's still a long way to go and we're going to stick to the course. Elsewhere today, detectives investigating the suspicious death of a man in Medway have released a CCTV image of his final moments. The body of John Convey was found on a grass verge on Lower Twiddle Lane near Raynham last week. Officers are hoping someone will remember seeing the 53-year-old. 
A court's heard how a Chatham woman waved an air gun and a pair of scissors at bar staff who refused to give her dog a drink of water. Nicola Holland got angry after walking into the Fleur de Lis pub in Gillingham last December. The 54-year-old was arrested at her home in Beacon Road and has now been given a suspended prison sentence. She'll also have to do 100 hours of unpaid work. A man's been punched, threatened with a knife and robbed in Dartford. The victim was walking in Highfield Road South when he was approached by two people last month. Police say the suspects are aged between 16 and 20 and were wearing face masks with skulls on. Kent Online reports. Now, it's been a year since temperatures topped 40 degrees Celsius in the UK for the first time. You might remember the heatwave sparked wildfires across Kent. 12 engines were sent to tackle a huge blaze near the A2 at Dartford Heath. The anniversary comes as temperatures continue to rise across Europe and we're told it could reach the mid to high 40s in Italy. But what about holidaymakers? Nicola's been chatting to Chris Scoble, who's a travel agent in Tunbridge Wells. I think at this second it's going to be disruptive, isn't it? Especially in places like Italy when if that's in fact, in fact what they will be doing because that's more of a touring type holiday. Uh, maybe a slightly different situation when we're talking about the bucket spay type holidays. Um, have you had any advice come through that you've been told to pass on to customers just yet? Not really. It's not really a lot we can actually say unless the government changes their actual starts on and advising not to travel, which becomes a slightly different thing then. We saw that in the pandemic. Um, but at the moment, the advice is, you know, just be careful. It's very hot. What I would suggest to make sure that you're on the case of speaking to your travel provider at times that they do sort of that they're aware and you're very much aware of uh, current advice from the local government well and has anyone actually contacted you to say look it is incredibly hot we're not keen to travel at this particular moment in time do they want to change travel plans we haven't had that yet but i can see that on the horizon and the issue with that is unfortunately changing travel plans the terms and conditions of your travel supply will remain as they are so it's going to cost you a lot of money. And also, um, I'm afraid to say, the travel insurance also will not pay out for this. They'll call this a disinclination to travel rather than um, an actual issue that's stopped you travelling. Can you just explain a little bit more about um, the kind of the rules around it then? So anyone who decides they, they don't want to go, they would just lose out completely, would they? I'm afraid they would. Um, their only potential would be to move their holiday and that would again depend on the travel provider that they've used, whether they've used a travel agency, um, you know, whether they've done it themselves. If they've put together their own holiday with flights and hotels, um, they may well be in trouble. Absolutely, definitely lose any opportunity to even move their holiday. But it's it is a it's a very difficult one at the moment. Yeah, really difficult one. As you say, especially for families, I suppose those wanting to take young children who might not be able to cope particularly well in in the really hot weather. Yes, exactly. I think that's the parents rather than the young children that don't cope. A lot of the young children don't really see the, or feel the temperature, but it's, it's the parents that are panicking about, uh, you know, sunstroke and um, and their children burning. And so, yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? And really, look, you want to go on holiday, you enjoy yourself, don't you? Hopefully, it will calm down and then and perhaps make sure, hopefully, you've booked a very well-air-conditioned hotel. You're right near a freezing cold pool and then right next to the sea. That would be the best thing. 
Time for some other news now and the father of a man killed in a motorbike crash in Sittingbourne says justice has not been done after a couple who tried to cover up their role in the death was sentenced. The driver from Kemsley will spend nearly six years in prison after he crashed into Ryan Rudden. His wife avoided jail so she could receive treatment for MS. But Stephen Rudden described it as an insult and says without harsher sentences people will continue to die on our roads. A disabled woman and her 90-year-old mum say they've been left feeling anxious and stressed after a bed bug infestation at their home in Medway. Debbie Adams and June Fulliger were advised to remain in their top-floor flat on St Mary's Island. Staff from the housing association that runs Atlas Place were delivering meals, leaving them at the door to avoid contamination. Southern Housing say pest control experts have now dealt with the problem. Kent Online News. A person's died after getting into trouble in the sea off Hythe. Emergency crews, including the ambulance and Coast Guard, were called to West Parade yesterday morning. We're told the casualty passed away at the scene, despite the best efforts of all involved. A Dover shopping centre that closed after trading for 21 years could be demolished. Bosses at the Bradley Wharf called it a day after struggling to cope with rising costs and energy bills. Now plans have been submitted to tear down the buildings and create a car park. Families with children on free school meals are going to be able to travel on buses in Kent without having to pay this summer. It'll run between July 23rd and the end of August to help with days out despite the cost of living crisis. E-vouchers will be sent out and can be used with providers including Arriva, Chalkwell and Stagecoach. Next up, a Tunbridge Wells breast cancer survivor has been telling us about her campaign to empower other women who've had a mastectomy. Florence Moon was diagnosed with the disease in 2017 and struggled to come to terms with her appearance after having surgery. She's now set up a business making bras and swimwear with one flat side to boost people's confidence. Here she is speaking to our reporter, Cara Simmons. Before I had this light bulb moment that actually... I didn't need to wear a prosthesis. I always thought that I could never go out with one breast, you know, that everyone was going to see it. And I was extremely ashamed of my body, not just outside the house, but within my house as well. I didn't want anyone to see my body the way it was. I could hardly look at it in the mirror at the beginning. So it's it's kind of, I felt it like a mutilation. So... I, I, it was terrible for like a good like two years. I felt ashamed of my body. When was exactly the turning point? What sort of year? It's, or when... it's a very clear point. It was May 2020, so lockdown. I listened to a French podcast, which is called La Poudre, a feminist podcast that I absolutely love, and a journalist who is called Géraldine Dormois was invited to this podcast and shared her experience of living half flat. So the same day, I took this prosthesis out of my bra, put it in the box and put it away. And that's it. Then it's like I felt relieved. I think, honestly, it was the shame which was kind of weighing me down so it was like really a weight lifting off my shoulder and I think it's because I took control of kind of my body and how I wanted to present it 
But saying that, it wasn't that easy, of course. I went through many days where I knew I could not wear that because really looked not nice. Because for me, it's very important that I like myself. I don't want just to think, oh, I've got one boob, that's it, and I don't care. Because I do care about my look. You know, for me, it's important not that I feel good, you know, in, in, with, with myself. So what I was saying, it's like it wasn't that easy, okay? I put that away. It made a huge difference on my mental health. But of course, I had lots of doubts. And at one point, I said, okay, I'm going to wear a prosthesis when I feel like it. So I went through this phase where I wasn't wearing one and wearing one when it looked good with a dress or a top. But now I'm at this point where I feel good and I do not want and do not think of wearing a prosthesis. Never. So the designs describe sort of how they work. So I'm guessing they have a flatter side that sort of fits that you can sort of adjust and then one side for the boob. Is that is that right? So the design is super important because we wanted to make something beautiful in our eyes. You had to think that the tension is not the same when you've got one breast. So if you've got a bra with one flat side, it's, it's kind of going to go up each time because you haven't got a breast to make. Okay, so you had to think about that. And the design we found really embellish the one-breasted chest. So when you see someone wearing a bra or swimwear, you don't see at first, oh my God, this woman's got one breast. It doesn't matter if you do, but it's not the first thing which comes to your mind because the whole thing looks nice. Um, so it's a piece of, of material who goes underneath your remaining breast. I mean, if you see on the website, you will see what it looks like. So you can, you, we are not hiding the flat side, just in one, which is the bikini. So you can see the flat side, but the whole thing looks nice. Her brand is called Eno and you can find their website online. Kent Online reports. A pile of discarded glass, metal and patio furniture has been dumped at the entrance to a woodland in Southborough. It's the third case of fly tipping in Barnet's Wood in the last three months. It's been described as a scourge on our borough's communities and environment by local authorities. A main road in Medway is going to be closed for two weeks while repairs and improvements are carried out. Luton High Street and part of Luton Road in Chatham will be shut from next Monday. Work includes the installation of speed bumps, footway resurfacing and new road markings. More than £5 million has been spent on upgrades to a park in Ashford. New facilities have been built in Victoria Park, including a cafe, playground and nursery. The project was partially funded by the National Lottery. A pub in Gravesend that was once named the nation's best could be turned into a house of multiple occupancy. Plans have been submitted to turn the Crown and Thistle in the town centre into a six-bedroom home. It's been closed since 2015, but won campaign for Real Ale's Pub of the Year in 2003. And Princess Anne has been in Kent to officially open a new housing development. She planted a commemorative tree at the site in Staple near Sandwich in her role as patron of English Rural, which is behind the scheme. Kent Online Sport.
Football and the Gillingham manager says there's a lot to learn from their defeat to Charlton in their latest pre-season friendly. The Jills were beaten 3-1 at Priestfield last night. Boss Neil Harris has been giving us his thoughts on the match. Yeah, first half, excellent. Um, look, first minute, take, take out the first 53 seconds where where we got cut open. Um, the next 44 minutes was, was outstanding and ultimately 1-1 and and should have, should have scored four or five, comfortably should have scored. Um, and I said to the guys afterwards, uh, three goals would give away and a couple of sloppy moments that could have left other moments, uh, i.e. the penalty, um, just like scoreboard defending. Um, so we didn't defend that goal well enough and then the other end, we just weren't clinical enough. And ultimately, if we want to be a top side this year, we've got to make sure it's hard to beat at one end and defend that goal and clinical at the other. In between, there's so much good stuff. Um, first half, excellent. Second half, I thought Charlton were good. Um, they built confidence with the goals and start the second half, and we just lost our way a little bit, maybe lost a little bit of confidence. And then, obviously, when we made the changes, they're bringing on uh, under 21, under 23 players that, that played a lot of football, and I'm bringing on 17 year olds again, and, and it'd be a mismatch. But um, excellent exercise, main thing is excellent exercise, and um, you know, a lot of people got through good minutes. We built the play really well, we moved the ball well, we went to really good areas, uh, we ran past them a lot um, and, and we looked the dominant side with and without the ball. Shape was good, uh, second half we just lost our way. Um, so all between the 45 and, and, and 60 mark and if, if, you don't get, if you don't get your shape right without the ball against top sides, it hurts you. Um, and, the, and the way we played against Mill and played against Cholwen uh, won't necessarily be the way we'd play against we played against like a Brentford and a Wolves in cup games you know because mm. ultimately we, we've used it as pre-season exercises to get after the ball at a time you know we won't do that all season you know you can't go and just press everything like we have done the last two games you have to be clever with it um, what we've done the last two games where we've got it slightly wrong we've been punished um, and I don't expect that to be happening in League Two. He's also spoken to us about their new defensive signing, Shadrach Ogi, who's joining from Leighton Orient on a permanent deal. Bought him uh, as a player that's played 30 odd games in non league, 40 odd, over 40 games in League Two. Um, he's, he's a player that, that we, we see has got huge development in him. Um, he's competitive, he's quick, he's aggressive, he's left footed. Um, we think he complements our defensive players really well. Um, it gives you an opportunity to play higher up the pitch, uh, to press well, um, handles the ball exceptionally well, good passing range. Um, so, no, we're really, really pleased. You know, we, we expect him to go straight into a leading group. You know, he's not coming because I'm talking about he's got a lot of development in him. He's not coming into the B team. He's not coming into you know waiting the wings. He's, he's coming into our, our first 18, and you know he wants to compete for for starting position. Um, play left centre half in the back four, left centre half in the back three. Can play left back. Um, he's got a long throw, unbelievable pace and athleticism. Um, really looking forward to working with him. And finally today, some of Kent's most famous sports women have been named among the most inspirational in Britain. Dame Kelly Holmes and tennis star Emma Raducanu have made it into the top 20 following a survey. Number one on the list was Jessica Ennis-Hill, who's from Sheffield. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories directed to your email each morning via the briefing to sign up just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.